I am Bill Cartwright with Living Right with Bill Cartwright. And this is the Stress Mastery Podcast, where we take you from the science to the spirituality of stress mastery. Hello, and welcome to the Stress Mastery Podcast. I am your host, Peggy Romero. As always, I thank you so much for joining me today. Finally, it's Saturday, and here I am. So the topic this week has been respect. Respect is defined as a feeling of deep admiration for someone or something elicited by their abilities or achievements, or regard for the feelings, rights, or traditions of others. Well, it was my intention to do a podcast on self-respect, but if you heard Bill's podcast on Tuesday, who's a much better podcaster than I am, he stole my idea and did self-respect. Self-respect is so very important, and I often encourage you guys to find stillness and get to know and understand your best self. Find respect for yourself. I mean, you're fabulous. From the Course in Miracles, I am not a body, I am free, for I am still as God created me. That means that you're perfect just the way you are. You're exactly as God intended you to be, and he's the creator, he's the maker of everything. To connect to that which you truly are, and you will find both self-respect And also peace, which, you know, peace is amazing. Honor yourself by being your best. Create awareness. Start by naming the ego. You know, that condescending, critical voice, that mean voice in your head. It's not even you. Just see it, know it, and separate yourself from it. Let it go. Stop listening to all the reasons that you're not good enough. You are beyond magnificent. Trust God. Know that you're worthy to receive all great things that this life has to offer. Remember, God is love, and we're one with God, so we're love. God is everywhere, so he must be in you. You're fantastic. No one, not one of us, is outside of that truth. No one is. It's true for one. It's true for all. Love, love, and love some more. This is our true essence. This is how we stay connected to everyone and everything. Learn to respect yourself and others. We are all one. I've had that conversation with my brother Mick on several occasions. He always felt less than, never felt good enough, never had any self-respect. My nature is to build people up, so I want everyone to be happy with themselves and feel to feel good about themselves. My brother was a drug addict and alcoholic since he was a kid, and he passed away this week. I imagine he died feeling zero respect for himself. I hope that's not true, but I suppose that it is. I assume that he died feeling unworthy of respect from anyone else either. Perhaps by societal standards, there may be some truth in that, but not in my eyes or the eyes of his siblings and family and friends that loved him. Actually, just like you, he was beyond magnificent as well. He complimented women who looked like they may need a compliment, you know, disheveled, overweight, old, whatever. Ma'am, you look beautiful today. That dress you're wearing lights up the whole world. Or that smile makes everyone who sees you want to smile. Thank you. I mean, I have a hundred texts. I love you, Peg. Tell your kids I love them. Hey, can I have Jenny Kelly's phone numbers again? Because he was always losing everyone's number, but he knew mine by heart. Don't forget to tell them that I love him, and don't forget to say your prayers. He remembered all of our birthdays, even through all these drugs and alcohol. He constantly reached out to all of us to tell us how much he cared and just bringing up old memories and old fun times that he had. 
believe me, his drunken text drove us all crazy, but at the same time, it breaks my heart knowing that I will never receive another. He wasn't afraid to show his love. Guys, please show love to those who seem unworthy. Everybody's worthy of love. Find some respect for those who seem unrespectable. I'm just asking you. They need it. We don't know their hearts. We can't see their pain. They deserve it, though. Everybody deserves respect, just like you do. Self-respect and respect for others. Excuse me. Respecting the unrespectable. I'm not sure if that's a word, but... It's just showing some kind of level of understanding or compassion or care, even to people completely opposed to our own beliefs or our values. It doesn't mean condoning harmful behavior, but maybe just approaching uh, difficult situations or conversations with some little bit of open-mindedness and a whole lot of empathy. I mean, you can do it. Recognize their humanity. Every person, regardless of their beliefs, is a human being. They all have their own emotions and experiences. Separating ideas or behaviors from from individuals, right? Hate the sin, but love the sinner. I can't stand drugs, but I love my brother. I hate drugs because of how I grew up, and I chose not to take them. But by the grace of God, there go I, or whatever that saying is. I mean, we all came out of that house differently. I'm thankful for how I came out. I'm sorry for how my brothers came out. This is the second brother that I've lost to uh, drug and alcohol-related stuff, and they were both in their 50s when they passed away. Respecting the unrespectable does not mean like tolerating or enabling their harmful behavior. It's about finding a balance between the open-mindedness, empathy, and then also maintaining your stand. Like, he could come to my house, but he couldn't get wasted there. In fact, Mick just came and stayed with me for a couple of weeks. I think it was last winter. I mean, it was just earlier this year. And we had a deal, which he stuck to. He could smoke all the pot he wanted, <laughs> mellow as a mount. So, of course, I want him to be mellow because he's full of energy, even though he took drugs and stuff. Um, but I wouldn't let him more than drink more than three beers a day. So every two days we would go buy a six pack and he had to make it last for two days. I mean, he acts stupid when he drinks, but that was our deal. And like I said, he kept his word. So he was a great guy, even though he was completely messed up. He still had a good heart. So anyways, we uh, did the topic on legacy for the podcast uh, a week. I think it was the first week of January. And Mick, my brother, was my topic for legacy. So I'm going to finish up today's podcast with that one. Uh, David so kindly uh, said that he would splice these together. It shows how much I love and respect my brother, who was so totally unlike me, believe me. Not a lot in common, but we did look alike, though. He is gone, and I get to live with no regret because I showed him love and respect as much as possible every every day and I tried to encourage him as much as I could and I want you guys to do that too don't have any regrets be your best and you won't so I hope this podcast will be food for thought for all of you and I promise you if you look to find the good in others you'll find it so please look and then when you see it be grateful enjoy the podcast Mick has been addicted to drugs since he was a freaking child I mean, he started drinking when he was less than 10. He got addicted to heroin by the time he was in his young 20s. 
Mickey actually overdosed on my kitchen floor on my little boy's third birthday. He started a bike messenger service in his young 20s. I think he was in his young 20s. Delivering documents around downtown Portland, you know, from one business to another. Jack Flash Messenger Service. He was like a pioneer and he was quick. He was an entrepreneur who was full of energy and could do anything he wanted to do. All he had to do was set his mind to it. He was so good and had so many customers that he had to buy more bikes and hire another couple kids to help him. He was also going to college and he was doing um, really long bike rides. And he was just always looking out to help other people. He wanted to work with underprivileged youth. Unfortunately, he drank too much and was, you know, using drugs for all those years. But he did keep it together for a long, long time. He had an apartment in downtown Portland where rents are high. He had a really cute apartment. It looked to me like he was doing really well. Until the drugs and alcohol inhibited his ability to maintain good service. He lost his beautiful girlfriend, lost his customers, lost his apartment, and eventually even lost his bikes. He started couch surfing around. Lots of people loved Mick. And he knew that we loved him and we all tried to help him. But nobody in our family is going to support a grown man who will not support himself. We tried for years to help him. We got him in counseling. We even went to a counseling group with him. Rehabs, interventions. I let him live with me many times. So did my other siblings. With the stipulation that he'd get a job. It just never worked out. We tried everything that we could think of doing. But I had my kids. And I couldn't have his stinking syringes and heroin around my house. I just couldn't live like that. But you know what? He couldn't live without it. So I had to make the decision to keep my kids safe. It took a long time for me to use tough love on him, but I did, and so did the rest of my family. Mick just couldn't straighten up. We didn't know how to help him. And he loved us enough to move away from Portland, his family, and all he had ever known so that we wouldn't have to watch his demise. He ended up going up to Seattle where he lived on the streets, literally homeless for over 10 years. Everybody loves Mick, so I suppose a lot of people helped him. He doesn't have a job. He hasn't, hasn't had a job since he locked, lost Jack Flash. He does odd jobs for people. He's a good hard worker. He just doesn't have the wherewithal to get up every morning and go to work, I guess. Well, how does he pay to live, you may wonder? Well, Mick was blessed with a fantastic ear for music. He's a talented musician. He makes tips by playing music on the corner at Pike Street Market year after year. I think he's been up there probably 20 years by now. I'm not sure. Finally, after living on the streets for all those winters for a decade or more, he did get an apartment. Maybe 12, 15 years ago, he got a Section 8 apartment. It's only 50 bucks a month. My sisters and I were so happy when he got this apartment. We gathered up all that you need to set up house and we brought it up to Seattle for him. A love seat, a bed, dishes, towels, rugs, cleaning supplies, a small table and chairs, pots and pans, you know, whatever we could think of. A lot of it we just already had in our own houses, but lots of it we bought. We were so relieved that our brother was no longer on the streets. I mean, what's your worst nightmare when it comes to tough love? That they end up on the streets on drugs? Yeah, well, that came true for us. It was hard to live with. So I'm crazy about linens. I love sheets and blankets, comforters and stuff. So I bought him a couple comforters for different seasons. Warm blankets for winter, cool, breathable cotton blankets for summer, several sheet sets, 
again, for different seasons. Flannel to keep them warm in the winter, cotton to keep them cool in the summer. You guys, of all the stuff that I brought him, he kept one sheet and one blanket and gave the rest away. Seriously. He's like, Peg, thank you, but why do I need these warm blankets and comforters? I have heat and a roof over my head. These guys are freezing out on the street. He gave them away, but that's Mick. He would have let them all move into the house if he could. Thankfully, they've got strict rules, and he's the only one on the lease, so he knows he would have been evicted for having overnight guests. Otherwise, he'd have the whole streets of Seattle living there. One winter, it was unusually cold, and we had a ton of snow, and it was going on and on for days. I was in Portland, and he was in Seattle, and he calls me, Hey, can you send me some long johns and maybe some socks? I'm freezing out there, but I got to go out and play because I have to make money. The tourists are still out there, so I got to get out. He doesn't ask for stuff for me very often, so I sent him a ton of stuff. It was around Christmas time, I think. Like a six-pack of thermal pants and a six-pack of shirts and a whole bunch of socks. Several hats and gloves and scarves and those thermal warmers that you can put into your gloves and your shoes, you know, to keep you heated up. Probably a coat, too. I don't remember. So he calls me and says, oh, man, thanks for sending all that stuff. You made so many people happy. That was so nice of you, Peggy. What? Mick, you gave it away? That was for you. And I still remember he says, how many pairs of long johns and socks do you think I can wear at a time? <laughs> He's so funny. <laughs> he thought that I sent it to share with everybody. But that's just Mick not thinking about himself. So here's my drug addict brother who would never steal from a soul and will give you the shirt off his back. So back to legacy. This morning I'm thinking about writing the podcast. And I have this idea in my head um, from Marianne Williamson from her meditation the other day. And this isn't verbatim, but it's what I said a little bit ago. It is not what I have. It is not what I do, but who I am in my heart that determines the quality of my life. So legacy, what we leave behind, how our lives are imprinted on the souls of another. And I have some ideas, but nothing solid for the podcast. But here comes the blessing. Check my email this morning. I got an email from a stranger whose name's Sam. It was on my business site this morning. It was so beautiful in so many ways that I had to absorb it for a minute. I needed to take it all in because I was kind of overwhelmed. So instead of starting on the podcast, I just went for my walk and went to the gym and I was listening you know, to my Stress Mastery podcast and realizing how this email ties in so well to this week's topic of legacy. It's not what I have. It is not what I do, but who I am that determines the quality of my life. I'll leave this anonymous for the sender's privacy. I'm just going to call him Sam. So I'm going to send him a link to this podcast so he can listen to it if he wants to, because his kindness is so beautiful. It just made my day. So I'm going to read it to you now. Hello. I'm just writing to tell you my son and I met your brother, Mick, at Pike Street Market last week. We are from New York City area, and we were in Seattle visiting family. My son, Jake, is nine. He is an aspiring musician and artist and loves all the bands and styles that came from there. He was already in heaven exploring the market and the vibe that afternoon, but what really sealed it for him was meeting your brother. Mick saw his hair and knew he was a rocker. 
He was so kind and enthusiastic to me and my son and let him play the guitar and even showed him some new chords. He wanted to make sure that he helped promote your writing also by telling me about your book and insisting on giving me the name of it. Jake confided to me as we were leaving that he felt like he met a great musician that day and he said that he would consider Mick as one of his influences from now on. Standing in that famous spot, playing the guitar is something he will remember for a long time. It's rare in this messy world that you meet a genuine kind soul. He made a direct positive impact on a young person in just a few minutes, and I am thankful. We tipped him, but I don't feel it was enough in hindsight. Is there any way I could send him a care package? Maybe some guitar stuff? Anyways, if not, please thank him for making my son so happy. Sam. Sam and Jake, total strangers, saw my brother's heart. You know how many people would have and do, every day I'm sure, whisk their children away from this long-haired, hippie-looking sea urchin dude standing playing music on the corner? I'm so glad that Jake and Sam didn't do that because they would have missed the blessing. He would have missed the whole experience. That little boy was playing the guitar if you can picture it, right across from that famous corner where they always show on movies and TV shows at Pike Street Market in Seattle downtown where they throw the fish. Well, that's where Mick's Corner is. That's where he hangs out. So now that young boy has this memory that will last a lifetime. I find it remarkable that Mick, out at Christmas time, playing his guitar to make money, took his time to be kind to this boy. Remember, if he's not playing, nobody's tipping him. But he shared what he had with a stranger, and all he's got is time and musical talent. But that's my brother. Yeah, outwardly, you see a drug addict and alcoholic. A loser without a job, getting subsidized rent, playing music on the street corner. But he's so much more than that. He made a child feel special. He shared everything he had. He seeks out to help people. He does it all the time. On the inside, he's beautiful, a God-loving man who will and has literally given the shirt off his back probably a hundred times. If he had a half a sandwich to last him for the rest of the day and you met him and told him you were hungry, he'd split it with you. I kid you not. You guys, that's what my brother does. That's who he is. He loves, he cares, and he shares. Do you also notice in this moment that he had with these guys that my brother's promoting me trying to get the guy to buy my book? I'll bet Mick does that every chance he gets. He's had me send him his my book so he can give it to girls that he meets that have low self-esteem. And he tells them, my sister used to be just like you, but she's not anymore. Read her book. It will help you. She'll help you. He sees people's hearts. He has nothing and is always willing to share the little he has with anyone, everyone. So as far as legacy in many ways, I wish I could be more like Mick. If your legacy is what people are saying about you now, then he's got a great legacy. Besides uh, Sam reaching out to me and telling me how he impacted Jake, I guarantee you Mick has positively affected the hearts of many others just by being himself. I will be forever grateful for this email. Thank you for taking your time for sharing the blessings with me, sir. I appreciate you, Sam. Yes, according to societal norms, Mick is still a mess. But here's some good news. In his late 50s, he quit taking heroin, like four years ago. 
He just quit one day. He said it was a miracle that came from God. God just blessed him and took, took it away. Unfortunately, he still does drink way too much. But that was a miracle. He knows it. And he realized that he's here for a reason. And God has spared his life so many times. And he did tell me that he's cut down on his drinking. I'm not sure what that means, but I'm happy to hear it. All things are possible, you guys. My brother just woke up one day after decades and put the needle down. He's done. I still have such great hope for him. We are all here for a purpose. And if we can connect to that purpose and share what we have, the ripple effect will go on and on and on in a good way. I found another meaning for legacy. The definition of legacy, something that is passed on. But legacy can take many forms. A legacy can be one's faith, ethics, and core values. A legacy can be monetary or your assets. A legacy can come from one's character, reputation, and the life you lead, setting an example for others and to help guide their futures. What legacy will you leave? What will you do with the gifts God gave you? I thank you so much for joining me today. It really does mean a lot to me. And I know... And I want to let you guys know that um, Sam also sent me a couple pictures of my brother with his son, and I asked permission to put them on my website, and he granted me that permission. So they are at PeggyRomero.com. I love to look at them. They're heartwarming, and maybe they'll inspire you to share your gifts with others. You never know the impact that your kindness is going to have on somebody else. Imagine leaving a legacy of kindness and grace. So that's it for today's show. Remember, our mission here is to create a shift in the planet, and you can join us on the mission by simply like, share, and subscribe. The links are right below the show notes. As always, until next time, stay inspired. Stay inspired.